Welcome to a brand new episode of The Good Sign with me, your host, Donna Simintov, and I am so happy to be back. It's been a bit of time since the last podcast, as life will have it, things are always busy and crazy and, and, and just, you know, life. I'll leave it at that. And so being here today and sitting here with one of my most favorite people is so happy for me, so exciting for me, and I just know that it's going to be an amazing, amazing conversation because it always is. And I'm so happy to welcome you here, my beautiful friend, Malky Gordon-Hirsch. Thank you. Thanks for having me back again. <laughs> Malky, it is clearly a compliment because this is our third podcast. Yeah. And we were just figuring out the time frame. And yes, it's been number three. And this is going to be three for three years. Yep. So that our first was, um, we figured out just about a year. Yes. Right? Yeah. Just about a year after. It was... January of 2020. It was January of 2020. So it was nine months after. It was nine months. Mm-hmm. And then we met again a year later, which was... December 2021. Correct. And here we are again. Yep. And boy, how things progress. Yeah. And As and, they as, should. As they should. But in a good way. Of course. But in a good way, because I would have been here anyway because of our once a year podcast. Would you stuff. have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Even if things didn't look the same. 100%. Okay. But what got me to call you on that specific day right. was, obviously, I heard about your engagement. Yeah. And congratulations is an understatement. <laughs> Thank you. And, of course, I got in touch with you to let you know I was thrilled for you. But then, you know, of course, your weekly article mm-hmm. happened to have been sitting on my table. And it was Friday morning. It wasn't even Shabbos yet. But mm-hmm. I just glimpsed at it. Right. And this one line that you wrote in there... Because the entire article was about winter vacation. Winter break wonders. That was the, that yes. was the week. Yeah, yes. sure. And, of course, I was skimming it to see any information about this exciting <laughs> engagement. And I'm skimming, and I'm skimming, and I'm hearing about the hikes and all kind of great adventures. Uh-huh. And at the very end, there's one line that says, okay, I know you're wondering why I'm not discussing the engagement. I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, does she know I'm reading this? And then um, you said, but we're just going to take this time to process on our own. Yeah. And when I read that, I thought, yeah, it's time for a podcast. Okay. It's and here time. you are. And here sitting I am. in my 14-year-old son's bedroom among all of his stuff. I have to tell you, this is the coziest, most intimate <laughs> podcast interview I've ever done. But I feel super comfortable with you doing this. So like let's this. get under the blanket. Oh, my God. Why not? And I should have come in pajama had I known. By the way, Malky, right. but I want to tell you, it's part of what makes you very lovable. And I really mean that. Like, Thanks. you know... I don't see you often. No, we certain, never see each other besides for this. And I don't even know how that's possible because I'm in Gourmet Glad every day and so are you. It's so crazy. So it's odd. That's so funny that we've never met. We there. should make appointments in certain aisles. Yes. Least, you know, the oh chicken God, aisle. So yeah. But I, I have to say that there's, and I'm sure many people tell you this, but you're just so easy to love. You're so like, what you see is what you get and you make people feel comfortable. And yeah. it's, it's really remarkable. I love Thank that about you. you. I really do. And that's why I was so excited when you said yes to the third podcast. I always say yes. Yeah, but what we just said before we started recording Mm -hmm. was that this is going to be a forever thing. Mm -hmm. Like, once a year, we're going to be together, and Mm -hmm. we're going to touch base. And, of course, the excitement is that it's always going to be about good and exciting endeavors and milestones. I feel like there's always good and exciting milestones, and I think people tend to do what they do best, and it's always focused on the negative and burdensome parts of life and they can't even help it I do it I do it myself too but sometimes I catch myself and I think to myself think about 
all the good that you have. And I did it even when, when Maishi died. Like, it, could, it was maybe a few weeks after. There was a, a stage of, you know, my grief that was just about, why me? Why this? Why me? You know, so there are so many people in this world. Why me? Why me? With these children, with their ages, why me? And then I just started thinking to myself, but look at all you have. Look at all you have still. Look at how much you have to be thankful for. And I, I do think you're right. I mean, I know that we definitely all have a tendency to focus on the negative of because you do. because the negative is painful. It hurts. It's yeah. almost like I think I compare it to actual physical pain. Like you could have all all your limbs and all your body parts working beautifully, right? Yes. But if your arm hurts, your entire day is focused on the pain. If you have a headache, your whole day is focused on the head pain. You could say, well, ignore the head pain. You have your you have your ability to walk and talk and digest, but Absolutely. it doesn't work that way. And I think emotional pain is very similar. That we we have so much to be grateful for, but there's something that hurts. And it's learning how to sort of manage that pain in a way that it doesn't I guess overtake. I think that people else. that yes, absolutely. I think that people that go through the type of grief that we went through have this new ability to compartmentalize their feelings. Like I think most people don't know how to do. And it's a survival tactic that you create when you actually need to get through the day and you don't know how you're going to do it. And now we're going back almost 3 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. So for you, three years went by slowly, went by in a blink. People are funny when <laughs> they'll ask me how long it's been or it'll come up in conversation. Um, they'll never be like, how long's it been? But it'll come up in a conversation somehow. And even me, I have this weird, um, th- this weird experience of thinking both things about this event in our life that happened, about how three years has happened so fast, come upon us so fast, and how some some days have been the slowest. And it's weird how you can have that feeling about one event and have two vastly different feelings about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the same event. Yeah, like simultaneously. Exactly. I think you people feel the same about parenting. Some days they're just like, I'm never going to get through this. Yeah. You know, and then you turn around and your kid has graduated from college or getting married and all of a sudden you're an empty nester. It's the same kind of thing. Like there were days where I was like, it's never going to end. And then a year would pass and I'd be like, where did it go? So So does that mean as time goes, the grief goes with it? Grief definitely takes different shapes. It changes all the time. And you'd have to be very self-aware to notice the changes because it's like like feelings that you have to just be hyper aware of of they're they're subtle sometimes they're not major changes you know um but did you notice did you notice in yourself at a certain point like wow i'm not i'm not breaking down every day yes or a hundred percent or today i didn't even think about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or i could i could think about it and still be okay yeah and not break down in tears. Right. And at first, it could be me being able to control it in Gourmet Glot, whereas in the beginning, I wouldn't be able to control it. And then, yeah, it definitely, it improves. And I don't think, I think that, you know, and I've, I've made it a point, and I've written about this also, I've made it a point to visit Shiva houses specifically um, with people that have, are experiencing sudden loss, you know? I mean, I, I, I think that, 
it really is my calling and it's my responsibility as somebody that went through this at 38 to go visit women that are in a very similar Parsha to me, which means that they have young kids. It happened very suddenly. And honestly, they don't know which end is up. And I say to them, you might not want to hear about this now, but I will come to you months from now too and remind you of this conversation we had. It's going to get easier. It'll get better. It has to. It will. And it's it's so encouraging when you hear it from someone who's been through it. Because I'm sure many people say that, right? Yeah. But when you hear it from somebody who's been through it themselves, you really believe it. You have to. You The only thing that you have is is people around you that have been through it. It's You latch on to these people like they are your lifeline. They're your lifeline. Like knowing that whatever you're going through in life... Mm-hmm. Whatever the whatever the difficulty is, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, of course. you know, and that you you're not alone. That other people have gone through it and they've survived. I'm so, I swear to you, that was the only thing that I had in the beginning. I would see women that you know had would come to visit during Shiva or even after Shiva. They would you know contact me privately and come here and be like, I am, I am standing in front of you. I'm visiting you. I'm gonna leave and I'm going to go grocery shop I'm gonna make dinner I'm gonna go out with my friend tonight I'm doing all these things and I'm doing them despite the challenges I've had in my life and I'm happy and my kids are well-rounded and they're happy and they go to school every day and they do well and we're okay yeah I think that's a big part hearing that your kids are gonna be okay that was the biggest thing right because your pain is like just surrounded by their pain the pain is transferable and especially as a parent that you know especially for like my role in this relationship, which I really do feel was, I, I, I'm not going to say limited, but I was the homemaker. You know, I always had a part-time gig, but I was the one raising these children, you know? But it was on condition that he would come home at night yeah. and help me. And he was always helping me, even when he was in the office for 10 hours a day. I knew at 7.30, 8 o'clock, he'd be back and he'd take the reins. Yeah. I could just, like, have a little time off, a little breathing room. And then that went, that was gone all of a sudden, you know? And you're suddenly on 24 hours a day. Yeah. And how can you not transfer that kind of anxiety and sadness and fear for the future to your children? And that's like the hardest part, I feel like. Like your kids, not your kids, I feel like kids in general, general. like when they see mom's okay, they're okay. That's what I learned very early, that I didn't want to scare my children And I tried to be empathetic and think for a second about what it is they must be feeling now. I tried to put myself in their shoes, even though I still have two parents. I have a mother and a father. They're in their late 60s. I am 40 years old. You know, I can't even know what it feels like, what kind of pain that is to lose your father and to get called out of class in the middle of a Wednesday without any warning and be sent home. And be told to sit in a bedroom, and then your mother and a social worker come in, and she tells you the news. How, how do you move past? How do you move on from there? How have they moved on from there? I mean, kids are very resilient, so I have to attribute it to, to that. I don't know if it's a genetic thing. I don't know what it is, but kids are incredibly resilient, and I am so thankful for that. But I also think a very large part of it is that whole transferable, you know, thing we were talking about how let's say they'd come home and I'd be in my room in bed 
and they come home and see that I couldn't function and I couldn't be their parent. Do I think I'd have very different children today? Absolutely. I do. But when they came home, I was like, how was your day? I Guys, I made your favorite dinner. I listened to you this morning. This is what you wanted. This is what we're having. What do kids need already? Yeah. When they come home. They need a routine. They need a smile. A loving mom and a routine. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what, that's what they craved. And so do you feel now, <clears throat> excuse me, now looking at them, obviously now we're talking about three years. Yeah. And they were young. Yeah. So their ages now, I mean, do they, do they have strong recollections? Do they remember? Do they talk about it? Like, how have they adjusted to this? Have, do they just, do they discuss, like, my she in general? Yes, yes. They will reminisce. They will talk about, like, memories about, you know, different, like, things that we did together as a family. But it's never... The type of thing that took place in the, you know, three years ago after it happened, kind of like when they would be like, I miss Tati. Where is he? I want to talk to him. It's none of that. It's just like, remember when we went to Puerto Rico and Tati like surprised like that? It, it, it's like a totally like it's a positive, loving memory. It's not about I wish we could have what we can't have. So, and they might still feel that way. They might still think to themselves in their minds, I wish we could see him again. I wish we can hug him again. But, you know, I think that, like, their lives are full with such, you know, love busy and, and good. love. And, yeah. yeah, a bunch of different things that they might think it, but maybe it's more of a fleeting thought. Mm-hmm. And they don't have even time to say it. You know? Do you feel like because of their different ages, there was a tremendous difference in the way they reacted? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I don't even know. I didn't even know what to expect because I'm just a parent without a uh, PhD. <laughs> but I know now from just life experience that children, I mean, depending on their ages, grieve very different very differently. My two little ones were one and a half and four, and there wasn't much of it. They they would mention it a few times. Rosie has very little memory of him. And she, how could she? She was a baby. She's a baby, yeah. right? Um, and the other three, Yosef in the middle, he was eight. So he was sort of like touch and go yeah you know and the two older ones took it really really hard really really hard and you know i mean to this day they still obviously they'll always talk about their father but um i think that the longing for him the missing him has been also lightened like the load has been lightened just by the happiness that we have in our life you know thank god yeah so so then let's let's like move on then. So then how does that how does that then affect them as you're moving into the dating parsha of your life? Oh gosh. So I'm not going to tell you that I told them when I would be going on dates because I thought to myself, well, I mean, if it's a first date, no, until they don't it's have something to know. right. Except right. I met Jeremy in the summer, a week after they went to camp. <laughs> This past summer. Yes. <clears throat> okay, and Jeremy is your fiance. For those of us that don't know. Yes. Okay. Yes. So So they um, weren't they weren't around. They weren't around. And so and by I the think, time they came back, it was already <laughs> by the time they came back, we were like really dating. You know? And you hadn't mentioned it to them because they were I away. Hadn't. Right. And then they came back and I was like, So guys, um, I've got some news, you know. And listen, it was a good I would say we dated for 
seven months before he asked me to marry him. But I would say, you know, the first couple months, it was sort of just the timing of it was so perfect because um, I had time. Yeah, I was going to just say, you didn't have them all on top of you. Yes, yes. And I actually told him when we were dating in the summer, I was like, just so you know. This is not my life. My house never (laughs) looks like this, okay? Don't be deceived. two little kids sitting at the table eating dinner, then they go to bed. (laughs) He's like, I can handle this. Yes. You're like, like, there's a few more coming home. (laughs) He's like, how many more? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, you know. Um, And he also was in a different parsha than me. He was, you know, um, he had already had his raised his four children his youngest was in college and he had two kids that were married with children themselves um so so he's older than you he's 10 years yeah yeah 10 years older um and it's not something i ever considered even looking for you were looking for guys your age yes yes i was looking for guys actually in my same situation like with like like maybe somebody widowed or divorced with children yes you yes. never imagined dating never. somebody older who never. had no young never. children at home. No, no, no. Firstly, I thought to myself, what crazy guy would take this on? There'd have to be something crazy about him. Absolutely. He'd and have you to be crazy. And you don't want crazy. I don't want crazy. <laughs> I, had, I had so normal, it was scary. Yeah. So I, I was looking for that same vein. Like on your list of, of requirements, number one was normal. Not, cra- <laughs> not crazy. <laughs> exactly. Left a very broad, uh, vague description. So, yeah, the first time we spoke, he messaged me on a Thursday night. And um, I had seen And you met p- on a dating website? It was JWED. Yeah. So you were on dating websites. I was. You weren't against that idea. I some people had are. no choice. You had no choice. I'm saying you didn't want to just leave it to like word of mouth. I tried for a good year. And nothing happens that nothing. way. And, you know, therein lies the flaws of the Shadok system right Big there. Big time. Big time because I think that the Shadchanim will um, help the people that will benefit the most. Mm-hmm. The people that will pay the highest price. The people that are the most well-known. And that leaves people. many, many incredible human beings left to just fade for themselves. Yeah. In pain. Yeah. In pain. And Waiting for the phone to ring. Yes. And I needed somebody. And we all know many people like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I needed people more than anything else. I needed people to call me and say, how about this guy? And even if it wouldn't be for me. Just to know just that there say. was a potential. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So you on your own decided to join these sites? Yes. Okay. And I then figured once it would be a fun on, distraction. Yeah. You know, if, if was nothing it fun? else. Was it fun? It was fun. It took my nights and it made it something something. There was an excitement suddenly. Yeah. Where where there had been a void. There's an excitement of meeting somebody new. Yeah. Even having a few conversations. Yeah. Even if we don't agree, it could be in a plethora of ways. Either, you know, we, we have not the same religious values. Or it could be, you know, um, he can't move from the state he lives in because of the custody agreement he has with his ex-wife. Even if or, there's no potential. Uh, there, it's, some, it's a connection. Yes. And, you know, people need connection. Yes. They do. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, even when my kids were being happy and, and they were, everybody was good here, I still felt a tremendous void you in felt, myself. You felt lonely. Of course I was lonely. Yeah. Because you want companionship. Absolutely. And so you met him on a site. Yes. He reached out to you. Yes. And initially, let's start with that. Initially, you read his profile. I read his profile. And I saw his age and I was like, wait, that's old. But then I thought to myself, who are you to judge what's old and what's not old? It, listen, it's nine and a half years. Okay? I've heard that before. You know? Yeah. And but I also think it's different, like, not to judge anybody's decisions, but I feel like when somebody's, let's say, 19, marrying a 30-year-old, there's a big, totally major stage age of gap life. in Absolute, stages. Whereas, you know, at our stage of life, we're both, you know, in our 40s. Yes. 
um, I don't know, we're already smart and sophisticated and so are 50-year-olds. Absolutely. We've all lived life, And I you know? think that there's a major advantage now knowing that the things that I will agonize over with my children, with child-rearing child like specifically, that he'll be like, he'll... I'll discuss something with him and he'll be like this nah like been there done that it's all good yes he has that knowledge because he has that under his belt he's already done this so his his so his children are how how, how many kids and how he has four kids okay Two boys, two girls. Um, they're in their twenties. Um, Any of them married? Yes, two daughters. So he's a grandfather. He yes, he's a grandfather. So now has, you're kind of a grandmother. A <laughs> Wait a minute! I did not realize you're a grandma. Yes. <laughs> Congratu- well, I, I will be. Congratulations! I will be. Really. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was way less painful. <laughs> and you didn't have to even make the wedding. You didn't, you didn't have to back. go through the births. It's amazing. They cry. You get them this back. This is a dream. It's this amazing. Dream. It's ideal. I think this is the reason that parents are so excited to be grandparents because they don't actually have to do anything. No. You know? Malky, this is crazy. I know. It's funny because the first conversation we had when I saw his age, um, I said to him, this is a long shot, I know, and I haven't met you yet, but I'm just thinking that you might have a grandchild the same age as my, my daughter. Does he? He does. He does. Same age. As your littlest, yes. Rosie. Yes. Which in a way is nice. It's really funny. Yeah. It's cute. So, yeah. so how long did it take you to say, I don't care about this age? Oh, like... A minute? It, yeah. A minute. Yes. Is that because you met him and liked him? Or yes. Because you, oh. Well, you know, um, it, it happened, you know, it was very funny. I think there are guys that take on different types of, um, I guess, identities, you would say, on a dating app. Some of them are just in it. Like, the same thing goes for real estate. Some people just, like, go house hunting, and they're just sort of, like, browsing. Yeah. They're not serious. Yeah. You know, same thing goes on a dating, uh, dating app. There's a protection because you're behind a screen. You don't have to show the person you really are, and you don't have to tell them that you're really serious about mm-hmm. anything. You could just be window shopping. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing that. He was actually really serious. He was actively looking. He was actively someone. looking, and I wasn't expecting it because it went from talking a few times to FaceTiming because he was not, you know, local, and then it was... A making a plan to come in a couple of weeks later when we were still talking and then it just sort of like snowballed from there. I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. Did you know right away? Did I know right away? Yeah. I can't even tell you. I had a feeling. I had like a feeling, like the same kind of feeling I had with Maishi, like this was like a, this is a good one, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think that when you come across enough men that are not good ones, you, you you, could spot it, you you feel it. You could spot it and you're just like, that this is something this is something I don't know where it's gonna go but I I trust this one this is a good one yeah you know um no games just just good just good real real responsible like a man um not tra- not traumatized wait so what's his situation he was divorced, divorced. mm-hmm so how does it work then? A second, a second marriage. So now the two of you both have you're both coming with your past experiences. Yeah. He has a divorce behind him. You have what you went through. <laughs> yeah. How how do you both communicate that to each other in a way that makes you understand each other of where you've come from and By who communication. you are and just a lot of talking. <laughs> Absolutely, constantly, and um, I think that what is such a novelty. Uh, I think it depends on everybody's relationship, but I think that, you know, when a man comes from a uh, a marriage where communication wasn't the norm, when he embarks on a new relationship, it's like redoing your house. Like, when you decide, like, oh, that room was too small, and this one is too big, let's just, like, m- like move the wall mm-hmm. to make it more mm-hmm. accommodating yeah. for our lifestyle. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. It's like... 
when you know what your relationship was like beforehand and you know what you're looking for because you knew it was lacking, you know, you're going to be very aware so are you to not make the same then? mistakes. Okay, so that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Are mm-hmm. you a believer then that a second marriage could be just as strong if not stronger than a first because you're smarter or you, it, it's going to take on a different role because it has to because we're not we're not doing the same things i had a family with my she and we were raising a family and we had a lot of the same morals our values were in line we you know but it's not to say that it can't be as strong or stronger absolutely Statistically, I know that it's very, very difficult to blend. And I think that I'm very lucky in the sense that essentially I don't have to. Because he's not bringing children exactly. to, this, um, yeah. to this family. Yeah. And, and gets, as much as I would love his children to be here, course. their life stage is yes. completely different. <laughs> the and chances listen. of his kids with their kids coming, maybe they'll come for a meal, well, of but course. they're not moving in. They're not raising them. No, I'm the not point. raising them. No. But also there's something very, very beautiful and fortunate that he gets to dote on yours. Not to say that, because listen, you were always open. I remember from our last podcast yes. that if you met a guy who came with six kids, and I remember we joked about it, like, oh, you'll have 13 kids. Uh-huh. And you were like, yeah. yeah. And you would. And you'd love them to death. But the point is, is that there's a certain blessing in the fact that you get to just have him dote on yours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Enough>. <laughs> that was something I did not think about. You didn't even anticipate. I didn't. I didn't. I, it Do you never... look at that as a blessing from Hashem? Absolutely. Do you feel blessed right now? I 100% to have a second chance like this? Yeah. I can't feel any other way. Do you walk around in a state of blissful joy or are you still somewhat... I need to no. know. Wait, Malkia, this is, this is crucial for all the listeners. Are you currently in a state of blissful euphoria or are you still struggling in some ways? I'm always struggling in some ways, but I am so... I, when I wake up in the morning and I think about like what I have, I'm so grateful. So you mean you're getting butterflies around him? Oh, yeah, totally. I... Whenever I see him, I'm like, I can't, Malky, this is, this is, this is happening to your life. This is here and now. Like, this actually happened, you know? And it happened on my terms, which is nuts. Okay, I need to ask you a hard question. Mm-hmm. Is there any comparisons? Do you, no, do you find because they're so different. That? So there's no such thing as, oh, he They was- have some of the same qualities, okay. which I think is also God's gift to me because he knows. And it's the good qualities. Good qualities. <laughs> the best qualities. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. Like, I said to him, like, one time when he was, like, cleaning up after, like, a Shabbos meal and I was, like, sitting on the couch. Stop right there. I swear. He cleaned up after the Yes. Sh- Beautiful. Yes. You need to say no more. Let's close but up the I podcast. Had the same, but I had the same thing. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I, I didn't he know. How like would that. I have known on JWED that this guy was, like, a little bit of a, like, a neat freak? Like, he loved loves making he loves order that's he great loves for order you. and i hate order correct that's a perfect match <laughs> so, he's gonna get your house in order he's what do you think get, what do you think we're doing every week you're we're like no you're like you're like why do you people think like, i'm engaged yeah, no no no, no God okay, forbid, but i'm kidding no people think like they when they would watch my stories of every week you know first it was the snow day when i was purging then and last week it was the basement we tackled different rooms because we were practically thinking like where is he gonna put his stuff Correct. And then I was like, wait, I have 15 years of, of stuff. stuff. And children and their stuff. Yes. And yeah. And this stuff is just taking up room. It doesn't so mean anything. So he's helping you declutter. Yeah. So we're decluttering and I love it because it best. also, oh, yeah. it lightens you emotionally. For it sure. literally lifts an emotional load. Every time I have a giveaway bag mm-hmm. and I place it in the trunk of my car and I drop it off by one of these charity places, yeah. I drive away feeling lighter. I feel like, look at me, I'm doing something good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it's a it's a mutually beneficial thing. You're giving things that you are holding on to for God knows why. Right. Why do you have the stuff stuffed in your closet? Right. 
You know, I, I don't even know why it was there. It was taking. You know what's up. so crazy? This just happened to me that I finally just just last week I organized my dresser drawers, yeah. which I couldn't open. They were so stuck. <laughs> and every day I went to work and I wore this shirt that you're looking at because that's the top one on top. It's amazing. And bother looking for yes, else. yes. And the last week one night I was like, you know what? Enough. And I poured out up to the ceiling piles of things yes. and I made two humongous garbage bags and then a few days later I'm admire you know you admire it for a few days because yes. it's still new to you and I'm like look how neat and look but then I had a moment one day where I was like I have so much less but I feel like I have so much more yes. now I have five sweaters but I'm going to wear all five and I had, I just had that feeling of less is more yes absolutely that's what I wrote about this week it's so ch- it's less is more you did know? you? I didn't read it yes you mean it's coming up? yeah it's like coming out tonight that's like a psychic feeling that, that I just said that. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yes. And but actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So onto your writing for a minute. Okay. You've been sharing every bit of your life. Yeah. For almost three years. Yes. And I really mean that you share a lot. Okay. Meaning you're not somebody that holds back, which is I think Do you why think, I hope it's not inappropriately. I think I'm pretty good with not like, at all. Okay, no, good, I, did, yeah. I meant it as a compliment. Okay, good. <laughs> because I find that you share in a way that it really engages everyone to want to, to want to like get to know you and yeah. follow you and understand you and thank you listen if you're going to be too generic people are not interested the fact that you open up your heart and soul is what makes people love you that's the beauty of everybody's story absolutely it's so I, like tailor made for them correct and everyone can relate in their own way and to they it. could learn and they could like really just like have you know an in on a life that they think they know a lot about but they actually don't are you now invested in this because it's such a part of your life this it's whole writing so weird part. i have to tell Do you, you. Uh, this is i guess this is my question i've yeah. read this before the podcast is it now this stressful commitment or is it a part of my life i'll never give up i think it's both um okay when i started writing and i'm sure we discussed this last time i have to like go back to the last podcast i don't remember it but when i started writing and it became like an official thing i thought to myself malky take this for a year and make it your your therapy when you're not in therapy just write out your feelings there's something that I know it's like a clinical thing even like there's something very cathartic it's very therapeutic to write down your feelings it gives your body room for new emotion it's a release it's a release and you read it back and you're like oh that's it I wasn't sure of how I was feeling and now I see it in paper and now I totally know and now I have room to create like I don't have to keep brooding on relief it. Yes. and happiness and future feelings that don't have anything to do with the bitterness and the guilt and the whatever else I'm feeling because it's out it's out it's done but are there weeks where you know there's a deadline and you're like I don't oh want to write anything god. oh my god yeah yeah I mean there was one it was really funny well, it was one week that I think it was Shavuos time um Matze Shavuos was like it was like we had a deadline like the next morning and I got a letter uh, email from my editor and she was like where's the article and I was like you're funny did you just go through the same yentif as I did there is none <laughs> I'm sorry there is none you know and I, I didn't want to be but I thought to myself for a second how was she possibly thinking she probably thought I like doubled up and I wrote two the oh, week before yeah and I'm like guys I'm not a writer <laughs> it's just me it's just my life I happen to be writing about it but like this is not my occupation. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how this happens. Like you so, you come back like three years later and you're thinking, how did this become my life? Right. You know, like when did I also have now deadlines? Suddenly I'm a writer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
And it's just like, it's funny because I said, I'm skipping this week. And it was like, you're skipping this week? What? You've never skipped a week. What are we going to put on the front cover? Literally, they put an ad in the paper and they're like, she's going to be back next week. And I was like, what, guys? No. <laughs> Don't well, do that. But that's how invested your followers are, I guess. They're I guess. Looking for it and waiting for it. I guess so. And really, usually all I have to do is just take um, a, um, a, a minute of my life in the week it could be literally a minute or 10 minutes it could be something that happened that week it used to be all wrapped up about like grief and loss and then at some point I'm not sure when it was but I would I, I was reading something back and I thought to myself could we just change it now like enough could we just change it now yeah, we've beaten this it we've beaten bit. it until it's like on the floor yeah let's let's not be a one-trick pony right let's talk about happy <laughs> Since and it was so before many I started other, dating, you know? there's so many other parts so of Malky's life. It's not just about grief. Every person is multidimensional. Correct. They have so many things happening in their life you know, at the same time, you know? So why can't it be about something funny or something happy? Why can't it be about my appliances dying? Why, and it has been. It's been everything, yeah. you know? But for a long time, it was just about me getting it out. Get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. You'll feel better, you'll feel better for you. And then I was like, okay, now let's try to do something new. At some point, I thought to myself, they're going to be like, okay, thank you so much for your service. You can go now. Um, and that didn't happen. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder to myself, because sometimes the deadline is a little bit um, uh, burdensome. Sometimes it's a little bit like um, anxiety ridden. Like, what am I going to like pull out of my hat this week? I have no idea. I have a lot going on, like everybody else. Um, people have even commented to me about it. They're like, when do you do this? And I'm like... Like at night, like between you know yeah. twelve and two, <laughs> I don't know. Right in the middle of the night. Right. I, I'm I I don't even know, you know, and I do it on my iPhone. I don't sit at a computer, you know. I don't have a tablet. So speaking of but speaking of time and time consumed with things, how do you have such time for social media? Because your Instagram is another big one. You dedicate a lot of time to that. That is my first of all, it's my hobby. Um, second of all, it's second nature. I don't even. Think I I just I do things on the spot. I don't plan it. It's just done. Like I went to the gift show the other day, and I thought to myself, what would people love to see at this gift show? This is something that they would love to see. This is fun. So you enjoy it. You don't ever find that to be stressful. That you feel like, oh, I should be posting this. I have to post this. Oh, I haven't posted enough today. I want to know honestly. The only time I've ever no, I, I actually like there are days that I actually don't have any material, and you know on those days there's like maybe like four stories and one will include making macaroni yeah right but i mean but you're a foodie so that's fine but i'm saying like do you ever feel like oh i need to be posting i need to be getting something on sometimes there sometimes i'll feel like that and then i think to myself malky let's 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 just like reason re- reason with yourself for a second this is fun and people take this seriously and it, it's a job and you know you get whatever people but at the end of the day let's be a present person yeah let's 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 talk about priorities for a second right now it's actually a good point because i do feel like the whole social media thing sometimes takes me out of the present absolutely you're so busy posting the picture that did you really even enjoy the vacation exactly you know exactly you know and it's so true i was in arizona for a winter break and we we did this like escape the room and though but it was on golf court it was golf carts because they took us around to different landmarks in arizona it was so cool and the one the first thing wait is that where is that where he's from no, we went. We just went on vacation. Where is he from? He's from St. Louis originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So um, we went to St. Louis because I didn't want to go to Florida. That was like the first 
requirement. Anything let it but not Florida. Be Florida. Yeah. And let it be warm. Yeah. And so it and was, it was, it was amazing. It was just a great vacation. And it was, and, and, and your, so and your kids there. were with you. They loved it. Yes. Was that the me. first time you all vacationed as a family? We went to Florida last year. No, but I mean with him. Yes. How was it? It was amazing. So how was your kid's relationship with him? How was it meeting him? How was how did they react to him? Oh my gosh. Him? So each kid was different, you know? Um, the little ones obviously had met him. Um, and right, they during were like the summer. Super, yeah, they were cool about it. They were like, great. Yeah. You know, we got to dinner together. And like, you know, Rosie would ask him, can you be my daddy? One more person to love. <laughs> Yes, it was, you know, yeah, they were, but it was just like a learning experience. Exactly. You know, but they were just so, I could tell with my seven year old, especially he, he really craved it and he wanted that. He needed it. Yeah. He needed it. And the big one. And I listen, I know there are people that, you know, will live through this loss and will raise their children and their children will say, oh, my mother was such a warrior. She was a single mom. She was so strong. She was an incredible role model. And awesome. That's great, you know? But I also, I know and feel that my boys, and even Rosie, my boys need a father figure beyond my father. They need somebody. Okay, but Malky, yeah. you were a warrior. And you were the person you just described to perfection. Right. And they will say that about you. Right. And the fact that now, three years later, you have found love and companionship with an amazing person who could also add to their lives, doesn't take away from that. You're right. You're both. Yeah. It's true. And you're giving them something phenomenal. You're adding a beautiful dimension to their lives. I hope, I, I listen, I'm not going to say I hope so. I know, I know I am. I know. Well, listen, we always hope. You know, we know nobody can, nobody's going to foretell course, the future, course, you know? Of course, of course. So, but when the big, when the big boys met him, yeah, that was an easy, easy go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that wicked witch laugh. Um, not as easy as the little ones. Because they were hesitant for you to have anyone. Like, what is happening here? Yeah. What is, what is he doing? Yeah. What are we, what are, what are the objectives here? What are we doing with this guy? And is what do you he mean he's moving into our house? What is he going to be, ta- what role is he taking on? We're not, we're not replacing anybody. Right. And I was like, and we'd have, listen, we had a couple of uh, showdowns. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're not replacing anybody. But I'm going to be real with you right now. He's not here. And he's not coming back. So what do you want to do? Do you want me and you to have somebody new in our life that can make us happy and do great things with us and have that element of, you know, life that he's already lived that can contribute greatly to our life? Or do you want me to do this alone? And their response? And struggle. Yeah, it was... They got it. Yeah. And since then, they've grown to care for him? Oh, yeah. And he speaks their language. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a sports lover. Okay. So he knows how to engage. He's very smart about it. He knows, like, what to say. He's, like, very into stats. He's very into, like every sport that they love and I'm he just, just curious yeah. he he's already done with raising his children yeah. he's already a grandfather yeah do you, did, did, did he anticipate taking this on was he looking to start over with children I I listen I know that he had dated women in the past that had kids that were I don't think it was ever a I don't think it was ever a like he never ruled it out because if he had ruled it out then he never would have messaged me on the dating app mm-hmm. right 
um, so that wasn't that like a initial conversation. It wasn't like when, a big decision for him to start no, over now with raising children. No, no. And I would save him. By the way, I can't even tell you how many times I would look at him mid meltdown of one of my children on a random day during dinner. I would look at him and be like, "Run! <laughs> I won't even be upset. This Run. is your chance. Run! I won't be. I won't be mad. Don't worry. Just go." And he'd be like, "I will never." I know you were saying that jokingly but was there a part of you that worried that these are my kids and we've got our set of issues like Mm -hmm. everybody does Mm -hmm. and they've got their moments and their tantrums and their Mm mishigasim were you ever worried like for him to see this whole full truth or the whole full picture not worried actually i was um excited i needed him to see it like as soon as possible i needed him to see it i was very dating does not look the same when you're 41 years old you know i I wrote about it last week i was like uh, what was I complaining about when I dated at 20? What did I what did I have to do already? I was what was I I was like annoyed that I had to do my hair? What was it? I had to look pretty. Do you know what dating in your 40s looks like with no, kids? No, I don't. Tell me. It's a nightmare. I'd like to know. Tell me. You don't want to know about it. Tell it's me. not fun, okay? Like you have to be aware that like you're wearing a clean shirt, you know, and yeah. you're like looking down during the meal and you're like, "Oh, oh, there's some of Rosie's dinner on my shirt." <laughs> um, there, it <laughs> there it is. What's that smell? You oh, gotta get, you got to get fa- FaceTime calls from your children mid-date constantly oh it's just oh it's you need to it's just merging two lives that are completely established and it's you think to yourself how how is this going to work how is this possible and then it happens and you're like wait it's like the same idea that we were talking about before how like grief takes different shapes and you don't even realize the subtleties it's the same kind of thing you are embarking on a new relationship and like every day that passes every little meltdown that happens every you know date that you know we go to stop and shop for where i have to just replenish the milk and the and the eggs all that stuff it strengthens a relationship and it's not doing dinner out in the city where you're on your best behavior it's living real life nitty-gritty stuff that nobody wants to do but i'm like you want you want a piece of this? Come, let me show you what my life is like. If you want it, it's yours. And he wants it. Yeah. And you're so happy. Yeah. Really, really, really happy. I people are always like asking me questions about that, and I'm like, it's. I feel like a. I feel peace. Do you? Yeah. It's That's... not like it's not the kind of happiness where like oh my god, it's like not a twenty year old happiness where you're like oh my god. No, but you used use the best word. what married is until you're married and you have your first disagreement and you're like, how am I going to do this? That's married. Married isn't all flowers and, 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 and you know, joy and, and roses. It's, it's hard. And now you feel peace. And I'm just like, if there's anybody in life that I would want to do this with, it's with him. And there was no second guessing. There was no doubt. It was just certainty. No, no. No. It seemed right. There were just so many things. Yeah. There were just so many things that just, like, worked, you know? But they worked so effortlessly without effort. You know when, like, you're friends with somebody and you're like, it's amazing. I don't remember us ever really having a fight. Yeah. Or or even just, it's just so easy. It's easy. Yeah, it's easy. Like this. relationships in your life. Yeah. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to impress. I'm not thinking about what to say. I can say whatever I want. And they'll never judge me unfavorably. They'll just laugh. One minute. So... This just dawned upon me. Uh-huh. Now you're planning a wedding? Yeah. One minute, because that, I didn't, can I tell you the craziest thing? Go for it. I knew you were engaged. Mm-hmm. I knew you were getting married, mm-hmm. but I forgot that you're going to have a wedding. So the thing is, I'm not doing a wedding the way other people's weddings look. You're eloping in Vegas. I would love to elope <laughs> in Vegas. 
It's going to look a little different. Um, I am a highly, I'm highly insecure. I'm a self-conscious person. Um, I didn't have much of a good time at my first wedding in front of (laughs) 750 people. Um, so and that I, was when you were 20. <laughs> exactly. So, so to stave from having a panic attack at my wedding, I'm going to do a very intimate family oriented ceremony and we're going to have a party for Shaver Brajos with okay. people. Yeah. I do not have any need to get married the same way I did when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Absolutely none. People do not have to witness it. I will have Aiden there. Um, the only people that deserve to be there are the people that were in in, in this with me yes. for the last three years. Yeah. Nobody else gets to see this. Simple as that. But nonetheless, do you find yourself fantasizing about it and picturing it and dreaming about it and thinking about it? No, I actually just want it to be over. Oh. I am not that girl. I am not a party person. I had to make a bar mitzvah in December. I know. And I, I thought to myself, let's just get through this, get through this, get through this. And it was wonderful. And he was over the moon happy. And it was beautiful. And it worked out so well. And I was so happy the party was over. Mm-hmm. Because I just want to live life mm-hmm. with a person. Yeah. I don't want a ceremony. I don't want a party. None of the hoopla. I don't like it. I know. I've never liked it. I didn't mm-hmm. have a mitzvah. I don't like it. I don't like these milestones, these things that people make a big deal about. No, so I think that your idea is perfect. I know. Something small and intimate with mm-hmm. the people that matter most to you. Yeah. And get the job done. That's it. And we show up to a party and we're already married. Yes. That's it. Yes. You know? I love that. And, and this is going to happen soon? Yeah. Like in a month soon. In a month? Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Wow. (laughs) Why wait? What's the point? No point. No point. We're already living this life. We're already, we're done. We've, like, he's seen, like, he's seen, like, every part of, you know, this, the inner workings of our life. And he's still here. And he's going to move into your house. Um, yes. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to look the same. We might. I Listen, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do construction. I don't know if we're going to do something. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's not, you know, and we've had so many different, um, we've had so much feedback from people that, like, maybe we didn't ask for their feedback. But, you know, <laughs> because, you know, because people, you know, that have gone through a, a second marriage feel like, let me give you a little bit of my take on yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Comes from a, comes look, from a good place. It, uh, oh, absolutely! But everyone has a different experience, of course. So, and you know, something that we actually hold, we hold his opinion in very high regard. He said to us, "It's never going to be the same as what you had, but you also have to like make it different, mm-hmm. make it different and special, mm-hmm. not the same and special." That's so you know? true. It's, yes, you know. Um, so we're going to have to do something to make this his his home too. His children live where? Um... Israel and Toronto and the kids, the ones that are in school are in New York. Oh, so he has some family in New York. Yes. So he wasn't coming here without any family. He also has... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was from the beginning when you met him that he was going to uproot and come here, not that you were going to uproot. yes, that was the first thing. Honestly, that was also one of the things. That it was The first thing was the kids being mm-hmm. older, which I felt like was a huge... Um, Positive. Po- advantage. And then the other thing was that, you know, I had been set up with guys in the past that, you know, were from Cleveland. And, you know, it would be understood that because I don't have any custody arrangement because I have no husband, you can easily relocate. Mm-hmm. But my thing was, I'm not willing to relocate. You don't want to uproot your children. My kids have they're happy. enough. And they're happy right. in the neighborhood. They're thriving here. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, for my happiness, I'm not going to ruin their lives for my happiness. Right. If it was just, if it was that, I would have waited. Mm-hmm. 
Until they were older. So this just worked out perfectly. It worked out because I knew that he wasn't, he didn't want to stay there. His kids were raised. They weren't there anymore. He's happy to go. He was, he was going to relocate to New Jersey to be near his siblings. So he was going to move regardless of whether or not this worked. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was like, oh. Even better. Oh my God. He wasn't doing it for you. You want to come to Cedarhurst instead? Wow. <laughs> no, it's really remarkable. It is remarkable. I mean, the timing was amazing. The timing is amazing and it's all Min HaShemayim. It's all from God. It's all so orchestrated, piece by piece. Absolutely. It had to be. And if you look at it like... nobody else. Yeah. No. I wondered about this myself. What guy is going to come into my life and look at all this that's happening here and say, I want it all. I want the messy. I want the tantrums. I want the five kids that have no father. I want the trauma. I want the, the meltdowns. I want all of it. I want all of it because I want you. And if it's you with everything else, I'm going to take it. I didn't think it was possible. You didn't think it existed? No. You didn't think that could be possible for you? No. It just didn't seem like a, po- a in the realm of think possibility. Right. Think about it. And that's why I'm doing this. I think to myself, you need to tell people that... Looking back now yeah. from this vantage point, uh-huh. do you wish you could like go back to Malki of the past three years and be like... It's going to happen for you. Don't have any that. despair. Even when I didn't believe it, I told myself that. I, I, would, I would read these. I read a lot of books. I read books about uh, manifestation. I read yeah. books about aff- affirmations. I, I do mirror work. I literally look in the mirror and I tell myself things. Yeah. It, people would see me and think, you're actually certifiable. She's gone off you're, the deep you're, end. You're done. Yeah. But when I tell you this stuff actually works, I'm not joking. When you tell yourself... Somebody loves me and he is in my life. He will walk through my door any day. I know it. I I have a friend from Rockaway that met him like on Hanukkah and she's very into this stuff. And no, some people will be like, you know, they're all about facts and science and this and that. She said, you manifested this guy into your life. It otherwise just doesn't make any sense. Well, to be honest with you, I know manifestation is a big trendy word now, but I, I, I just use the same word called tefillah. I think prayer. Tefillah is a big Prayer word. is the old-fashioned word yes, for manifestation. Yes, yes. And yes, you talk about something, you believe in something, you hope for something, you pray for something, you communicate with a higher spirit for something called God. So if you, thoughts yes. become words and yes. your words become actions. Yes. And if you think to yourself, I want out of this life, I want out of this space, this mindset, I want to be happy. I want to look forward to every day. I want to do it with a partner. I want somebody to love me. I want to... And by the way, your openness to it is also what brings it in. It has to. You have to be you, open. You're, you're open to the idea And I was that... open, by the way, before him. I was open with people that my friend would be like, oh, I'm so proud of you that you're doing this, but wow, he was crazy. <laughs> and I'd be like, you're right. But you know what? The next one, maybe won't be. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have. Putting all yourself you have, out you there. You have hope. Yeah. All you have to have is hope that maybe the next guy you are with will be your one. It'll be your person. It's always possible. And so here we are now, mm-hmm. and you're in this Baruch Hashem, you're in this amazing place. Yeah. You're happy. You're you're healing. Uh-huh. Your children are thriving. You fell in love. You're getting married. What what's next? What what's next on the horizon here? What's coming? <laughs> Living life. Just normalcy. Normalcy. Um, just living life in a different... I, I Listen, it's just... I, I, I do things very organically. And I don't think to myself, what's next? It just happens. 
And as things are presented, we live through them, we tackle them, we communicate with them, we laugh with them, we, we stress about them, but we, we just go through it. We go through Maki, it. Maki, what were your parents, you know, because I know your parents a long time. Uh-huh. What was their reaction when you said, this is it? It was. It wasn't even a thing. I didn't say this is it. It was something. It was coming slowly. It just sort yeah. of. Yeah. It just sort of happened naturally. It happened naturally. And they must be over the moon. They're so happy. They're really happy. They're happy because they see me happy. Yeah. And they know that he's like he's a, a he's great an guy. amazing guy. Yeah. Well, I just met him, and he mm-hmm. is an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even in my conversation just now, mm-hmm. there's just something very special. He's engaging. He's friendly. He's open. Yeah. He doesn't play games. Um, he's he's just he's genuine, you know. And he fell in love with you. Listen, I mean, hello, it's me. <laughs> hello, have you seen me? Where's the mirror? <laughs> Sometimes, like right now, I'm like standing in front of you with like a t-shirt, I'm like, a sweatshirt, and a, you know, skirt. That's the way I, when I wake up in the morning. This is what I wear. And you know, when he comes in the door and he sees me like that, I'm like. Look at look at what you got. Look what you scored. And he's like, it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, huh. And he's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. It's amazing. And listen, I mean, um, okay. Who am I to uh, make him feel any differently? I wish that the people listening to this podcast could see your face right now. Why? I wish this was like a video. Not oh just God, audio. no. <laughs> well, 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 well. Okay, not for the sense that we didn't get all dressed up. Yeah. Just because of your smile. Ah. Uh, thank I'm being, you. Your your smile right now. Your face is, like, glowing. Do you know what it's like to... You don't know what it's like, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway, just so you have an idea of what it is. To be stuck in a life that you did not sign up for. And to raise... You know, to, to keep keep a brave face on for your children, do homework with them, get them the tutors, do dinner, do bedtime. And at the end of the day, you are sitting on your couch alone, and think to yourself, how am I going to let, how am I going to get the next five hours before I have to go to sleep? Like, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to keep myself positive and not think about the fact that I am the age I'm at and I have nobody in my life? And that's all I really want. How am I going to do that? And then some, a short time passes and all of a sudden you want to watch TV again, you want to put on the Olympics, you want to watch a Netflix show, because you're doing it with somebody that you really love spending time with. And it could be anything. Grocery shopping is like a favorite of ours. <laughs> Who likes to grocery shop? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody likes to grocery shop. But when you have a person in your life that you want to do the most mundane, boring, pointless things with, it everything takes on a new, a new joy, a new happiness, a new like, you know, anything it's just it you don't even realize like all the things in life that you would dread doing alone is suddenly just like happy because you get to do it with somebody so once upon a time Malky was speaking to God and saying why me yeah and now what is Malky saying to God in her quiet moments oh my god thank you (laughs) thank you that it's me thank you that it's me Thanks for giving me, like, a new, uh, a second chance. Yeah. And for, like, doing the things that, like, I might have missed the first time around that I probably should have done better. Because I was in a different stage and having kids and maybe I didn't, 
ask Maishi about his day as frequently as I should. And I, I want to be aware of that stuff and not make that same mistake again. Like, I want to do better, you know? And even if he can't be here for that, like, I always have him in my mind. Like, I'm always going to have him in mind. And just make sure he knows that, like, like, he taught me a tremendous life lesson. So you still speak to him sometimes? Of course. Every Of course, every day. We share children. Every day. I mean, he's not limited to a physical body. No. No. So, of course I talk to him. Sometimes I say to him, like, I really don't appreciate that you're never coming around. <laughs> <laughs> I really could use help with carpool. Yeah. <laughs> And this guy that I started dating had to start doing carpool like two weeks after we met. <laughs> he doesn't appreciate it either, you know? But I'm telling you, of course I have conversations with him all the time. I also have, I have guilt. I have guilt about not being as present as I should have been. Even if things were good. I mean, listen, you can always, you can always like look back and think to yourself, things should have been better. Things could have been better. And I feel guilty that I didn't give that to him. Even if he was happy. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and we always look back. And we can always nitpick and find. Of course, of course. But like we said in the beginning, we got to just stay focused on the right now, right? Absolutely. Stay focused on the right now and, and in the present moment. Absolutely. And being appreciative. For the countless blessings. Of course, I I I feel very very blessed. Despite everything that I've had to go through, I feel extremely lucky that I'm able to have this new this new chance and I think that's really yeah. I think that's really the bottom line I guess is that no matter what anybody's going through because yeah. everyone's going through something of course. that to always keep in mind that there there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there are good things ahead and there are positive experiences yet in store but you can't get too stuck in, in the pain got to keep your eye on the you fact that you just have to move through the pain you got to move through it <laughs> you got to move right you got to keep moving one foot in through. front of the other the only way round is through. Yes. That's a very important thing. Who wrote it? It's like a famous um, author, but it really does make sense. Like, you cannot avoid it. You can't go, you have to go through it. It's the only way you're going to get to the other side. Lately, I find myself saying a lot, you got to ride the waves. Of you know, course. you're in the ocean and those waves to. try to knock mm-hmm. you down. You're going to fight them, you're going to get knocked down. Don't fight it. You ride the waves, it could actually be um, an interesting, that's almost what, pleasant that's experience. Ther- that's what therapy is. That's what, you know, communication is. Yeah. Sometimes you have to really discuss things that you'd rather not. There, These are things that you'd want to just avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's denial. There's, there's so many different crutches that we have in life that we can just turn to instead of just talking and doing the things we really don't want to. But you do those, and then you look back, and you're like, I did it. I and you, did and it. you're almost like a superhuman. Yeah. Like, you think about what yeah. you did, and you're like, wow, I did that. Yeah. I didn't know I was capable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was talking with my therapist, like, right before we started the podcast. I was on my, my therapy session, lucky you, because that's, like, when I'm most present, most mm-hmm. enlightened, I feel. Like, just very connected. And I was talking about how... My son, David, my 14-year-old, just ran the High Life Line Marathon. He did the half marathon last week. Wow, that's beautiful. And when I would tell people that he was doing it, and, like, they'd ask me, how long has he been training? And I said, um, he didn't. And they were like, well, how long did he run for? I said, um, two and a half hours. He ran for 13 miles. Wow. And they were like... That's remarkable. But how? And then 
I thought to myself, because he had another kid in his class that did the same thing, that lost his sister just a few months ago. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a correlation with children of that age, or of any age really, going through unimaginable loss. And then they're presented with an opportunity to run a marathon. And they do it. And they get through it. And it's like, why is that a big deal? You know why it's not a big deal? Because I've gone through even more, even worse, even, you know, bigger things in life. And I got through that too. So a run? I could do a run. Yeah. It's taking the pain and it becomes your adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, I couldn't be happier for you. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm so thrilled that this is our conversation right now. Thank you. And I'm so excited.